Thanks for joining us for this inspirational teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith, Senior Pastor of City of Life Church. For more information on City of Life, visit www.col.tv. Let's join the service already in progress. I'm going I'm to preach today out of John chapter 10. Uh, I'm going to go verses 10 and 11 and verses 17 and 18. Uh, 10 and 11. 17 and 18. 10 and 11 says this, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Can someone say amen today? He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. How many people are glad that Jesus came for us and loved us so much as our shepherd that he gave down his very life to save us. He is the good shepherd. Then I wanted to point out in John 10 later on in the, cha- in the chapter, he says in verse 17, the reason my father loves me is that I laid down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. Don't ever let somebody tell you that people killed Jesus. He laid down his own life. He said, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord. And listen to what he said as if it wasn't cool enough to say the first part. He says, I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. So Jesus is the good shepherd who laid down willingly his life for us, but he willingly took it up again. Uh, I'm going to talk to you. This is week five in our Jesus First, Jesus Always series. Uh, This message today is called The Surrender. Father, thank you for your presence and your goodness here today. Um, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would just heal us from the inside out. Lord, of any wounds or scars or brokenness in our lives, that, that maybe even sometimes we gloss over we don't recognize um i just i just feel in this room so many people hear that scripture that says a a man with no self-control is like a city whose walls have been broken down Uh, maybe there's people here today that just feel like they're living life so recklessly uh, and it's it's just like being wide open to attack from every direction i pray in jesus name that in the year of foundations you would help us rebuild parts of our lives that have crumbled uh, and that are in destruction Uh, Help us rebuild something firm and solid that we can honor you from this day forward in the way we live our lives. I just pray right now that maybe people can't go from where they are to having everything in the world. But I I just thank you, Lord, that we have everything eternally when we have you. You help us build towards something that is solid in, in a future that is in you. And when we have you, we do have everything. And I pray in Jesus' name this word would be a part of that. And everybody said, amen. Anybody like board games? Raise your hand if you like board games. Let's see, throw throw me some of your favorite board games. Come on. Bingo. Okay. Bingo. Let's start that over. (laughs) Trivial Pursuit. Okay. Clue. Ooh, I heard Clue. Huh? Scrabble? I love, does anyone else like Scrabble? I love Scrabble. That's one of my favorite games. I play that on my phone all the time. And I challenge anyone here to a game of Scrabble with the official Scrabble player's dictionary. That's the only, and words of friends doesn't count. People be making up all these words and not in the dictionary. I'll take you on it, Scrabble. No, I love, I love board games. Clue has got to be one of my favorite games from the 70s. Uh, did anyone else here play Cr- Clue when you were growing up? I would not know how to spell the word colonel if it were not for Clue. Uh, colonel Mustard, 
in the conservatory with a lead pipe. Is there anyone else here that you never knew what a conservatory was until you played Clue? And also you can learn from Clue that you can have this massive mansion and all these great rooms and there's no bathroom. So that maybe, maybe these people that are rich are not as smart as they seem to be. I love Clue. Clue is a great game. Um, I'll tell you something. I never realized how dope Domino's was until I played with Puerto Ricans. Uh, Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. Yo. They be playing some bones up in there, and they get serious, too. I almost got in a fight with one of my best friends, Lou, over dominoes. Lou is an elder in the church. We almost lost our eldership over dominoes. It was incredible. We made up afterwards, and we're closer now. But, wow, dominoes. I thought it's just like moving, just matching numbers. But apparently there's this teamwork and people using eye signals and all this stuff. And, and I speak very broken Spanish, so they're cheating behind my back. I don't know what's going on. It's, they're vicious at dominoes, right, right? So uh, another game I love is chess. I think chess is a fun game. I started out playing checkers when I was a kid. You move on uh, to chess. Chess is very strategic, and uh, it, it just puts you in your place real quick if you don't know what you're doing. You're playing someone that really understands the game. You can sometimes sacrifice a lot of uh, pawns in the early game uh, you know, if you're, if you're crazy and wild and reckless by trying to take other pieces and being too aggressive and you can give people a strong position in the center of the board, which will lead to a great end game for them. You may win a lot of pieces early in the game, but you're not thinking about your pawn structure and you set yourself up to be obliterated in the end because you're being reckless. At the beginning, when I was a kid and I first started playing, I just tried to get as many pieces as possible, not realizing that by sacrificing my pawn structure and maintaining control of the center of the board, I was kind of losing any opportunity to win at the end of the game. Uh, chess is a very deliberate game. There's a move in chess that is actually, it's, it's really kind of more of a, a thing that you do when you're playing someone and you just foresee that there is no way out of a bad situation. Uh, there are times that, you know, you put people in check. That means your king is in direct, he's being attacked directly. Uh, but then there's one move called checkmate when your king has absolutely no place to go, no way to get out of the situation. And many times, good players, if they realize that checkmate is imminent, uh, rather than trying to maneuver five or six more moves, they will tip over their king, and that is called resign or surrender, the surrender. And the reason I bring that whole idea up about the, the surrender is because people believe to some degree that God and the devil are equal in opposing forces, God representing good the devil representing evil. Unfortunately, many Christians actually believe this. They believe that the devil is equally as powerful as God, just different. They think that it's like God is, you know, Austin Powers and the devil is Dr. Evil or something, or God is like Harry Potter and the devil is Voldemort. And they're like these, these opposed. <clears throat> I'll tell you that, that the Bible is not just a piece of literature. Uh, in literature, we have contrast uh, that brings balance to the art. In, 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 even in paintings and in art, we have contrast, which brings balance. And you need a sense of light and dark in art to make the art work. Uh, in a biblical sense, God and the devil are not equally matched. Look at someone next to you and say, the devil got kicked out of heaven. Tell somebody. <laughs> the devil is a created being. God is an all-powerful being, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is unity and diversity, community 
and mystery in the community of the Trinity. So even before the devil or man was created, there was this community of the Trinity that was pre-existent for all of eternity. There was a functional society of types that didn't need man, didn't need the devil. The devil wasn't a part of any of that stuff. The devil is a created being that got kicked out of heaven. So the devil is not omnipotent. He is not omniscient. He is not omnipresent. You say, how do you know he's not omnipotent? He got kicked out of heaven. Okay, so he can't be all-powerful if he's being kicked out of heaven. How do you know that he is not omniscient, that he's not all-knowing? He got kicked out of heaven. If he was all-knowing, he wouldn't have gone against God and rebelled because he would have known that he was going to get kicked out of heaven. And he's not omnipresent like God is everywhere at one time. How do we know this? He got kicked out of heaven. Because if he's not in heaven, then he's not somewhere, and you have to be everywhere to be omnipresent. The devil is a created being. I got news for you, too. His eternal home is called the lake of fire. He is going to be cast into hell, and he's going to be there for all of eternity. He will not be in the presence of God. He will not be and experience the love and the joy and the compassion and the peace and the hope of God. He will experience the eternal wrath of God in the lake of fire, which is reserved for him and his angels. Why am I so passionate about this? Because I want us to understand that Jesus did something very deliberately. Sometimes we have this idea that the devil's plan worked against Jesus in this massive, evil, dark plan. I think it's really important for us to realize that Jesus said, I lay my life down for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I choose to lay it down. I have the authority to lay it down. And I have the authority to take it up again. This is a decision that Jesus made based on nothing else but his dynamic love for me and you. It's a choice that Jesus made. He wasn't forced into it. He wasn't backed into a corner that he couldn't get out of. It was the will of the Father. It was the plan of heaven that Jesus submitted to. The, the, the enemy, the devil, is simply a pawn in all of that big, massive plan of redemption for mankind. So we have to understand that what Jesus did on the cross was not having his life taken from him. It was deliberately laying his life down. Now, if you've ever been to an Easter service here, or specifically a Good Friday service here, something that is a very important message to me is the idea of the Day of Atonement. And in Israel, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would take two goats. And on that particular day, he would take the goat, one of the goats, and he would put all of the sins of the people, including his own, upon that goat. And that goat would be sacrificed. And by being sacrificed, it was sort of a, foresh not sort of, it was totally a foreshadowing of the cross. That Jesus and God himself would ultimately become the sacrifice for all of humanity. And by that sacrifice of Christ, foreshadowed in this goat. So what happened is, in those times, there was no Jesus uh, in, in terms of his sacrifice already being done. Us saying, please forgive me. You simply had to put these sins of the people upon this goat, and that goat had to pay the price for your and my sins. Look at next to you and say, I feel sorry for the goats back then. <laughs> By the way, last week I had on a shirt that had jaguars on it. Okay, I had all these emails of people saying, Pastor Jeff, you like cats. Okay, because I had jaguars on my shirt. I just want to defend myself for a moment. 
Jaguars are not domesticated little feline creatures. So I want, I want to draw a line. I would never wear a house cat on my shirt because that is super weak. A jaguar is a fierce creature that eats other animals and can defend itself. It's on NFL team logos. When's the last time you saw a house cat on a team logo? It's not going to happen. I have totally digressed. Let me get back into my message for a second. Bother. Oh, the goat. I was talking about animals. So <laughs> the, this goat had to pay the price for all the sins. Well, that was one goat. The other goat, all of the sins of the people were put upon that goat. But because the first one died, it couldn't receive the rest of the punishment for sin, which was banishment from the presence of God. The, the temple and the Holy of Holies represented the central location of the manifest presence of God. And what happened is that goat had to be sent away, bearing the burdens of all of Israel's sin upon itself. So one had to die, had to shed its blood. The other one had to be banished, no longer to have fellowship or relationship or communion whatsoever with the people of God. Isn't it amazing that Jesus upon the cross suffered the foreshadowing fate of both of those goats. You ever heard the term scapegoat? That's where it comes from, is when you take the blame for someone else, Jesus literally became our scapegoat on the cross. He suffered the fate of the first goat in giving his own blood, the sacrifice of his blood covered all of our sins, and he also suffered the fate of that second goat, banishment from the place of God. Did you know where he was in Golgotha was outside of the city? The place that he was crucified was just outside the city. So he was literally away from the central location of the presence of God. On the, on the cross when he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? A lot of theologians think that Jesus was referring to a feeling or an emotional state uh, that is described in the Psalms, quoting David, and he's referring to an emotional state of being abandoned. But you know what? Jesus wasn't emotionally abandoned. He was actually abandoned. God turned his back on his own son on the cross, his own holy and worthy son, because many people say that Jesus at the moment of his crucifixion was the most vile creature the earth has ever seen. Every evil, sick, disgusting thing any of us have ever done cumulatively was compiled upon him at that moment. Moment. And when God looked at him, he, could, he refused to even look upon his own son, and he turned his back. See, what Jesus did on the cross, it was either a, the ultimate no-win situation, or it was something else. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this. Then he, he lays down his life for his friends. God loves you today. A furious, dynamic, vast-reaching love that we cannot understand that that stakes beyond our imagination the creator giving everything to pay the ultimate price coming through time and space to rescue you out of your worst moment out of your most desperate situation he incurred the worst possible punishment a, a, a son I mean I don't know how many of you guys have a kid here today but you love your kids you, you love your kids. You value them so much. They are so important to you. And to imagine turning your back forever on, or turning your back at all, even for a moment, on one of your kids. It's unthinkable. But that's what God did to Jesus in his most desperate moment. That's what the Father did to Jesus in his most desperate moment. John 19, 30 says, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it 
is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up. Somebody say gave up. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. The reason I want to share this idea with you today about the surrender is what Jesus said when he said it is finished is a Greek term that is called tetelestai. Tetelestai means paid in full. Look at somebody next to you and say, your house just got paid off. Did that get anyone excited here today? Does that get you excited to think about having something paid off? Especially when it's a huge debt. Imagine that feeling of having a huge debt paid off. As a matter of fact, tetelestai would be stamped on documents. It's an accounting term that was stamped on documents. When it was paid in full, it would say, boom, tetelestai. It is finished. It is paid. Look at someone next to you and say, your sins are paid for. Put your hand on your heart and say, my sins are paid for. Your sins are paid for. Jesus on the cross, when he said it is finished, he was saying, I have done it. I have accomplished it. All of the sins of the people that are being put on me, I am about to die and suffer that fate on the day of atonement. And what is atonement? It's, it's substitutionary. It's, it's one person taking the blame and blood being shed for someone else, but someone else being forgiven and you getting a second chance, you getting redemption. We have redemption through his blood. What Jesus was saying at that moment when he was about to give up his spirit for the last time is I have accomplished it. I have done it. I have paid it all. All of the sins I have just paid for with my blood and all of the banishment I have just paid for. I got news for you today. If you're here today and you don't feel a part of the kingdom, if you feel like that you are the black sheep and you got to be wandering out in the wilderness because of mistakes you've made in the past, Jesus said it is finished because of you you don't have to be outside of anything no matter who you are no matter what you have been through it is finished means we are never finished it means that no matter what we have done no matter where we have been no matter what mistake we have made Jesus hung his head and said it is finished so we would never be finished Remember, he said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. Somebody had to pay the ultimate price, and Jesus did it both. Can you imagine how Jesus felt? See, because can you imagine how the devil felt? Because the devil, the devil thinks he's all that. Don't you know that he does? He thinks that he is equally opposed to Jesus. He thinks he is equally opposed to God. You know, Ingmar Bergman, I, I love film, and, and there's an old m movie that is, you know, kind of ahead of its time in terms of production and design. And Ingmar Bergman had some really weird movies, but one of his movies called The Seventh Seal, I believe it was made in the 1950s, has this imagery that is pretty intense of, of death playing a chess match with this knight on a beach. So there's a chess board that is set up on this beach and they are playing chess. And the idea is the ultimate good versus evil. And, and, and that imagery kind of sticks with me sometimes because I think that's the way, as I said earlier when I was opening up, that a lot of people view God and the devil. Can you imagine the devil thinks that he is in this chess match with God? He thinks that he is about to win. 
Can you imagine how many times that the devil has thought he was going to win when he looked at Jesus? When he looked at the life of Jesus and he saw that all of the firstborn males, Herod ordered that all the firstborn males be killed. Can you imagine the devil wanted to stand up and say, aha, ha, I win. Can you imagine when Jesus was sentenced to the cross and the devil wanted to step up and say, I win. Can you imagine when the devil saw Jesus was actually buried in the tomb and he wanted to stand up and scream to the top of his lungs, I win. Well, you know what he did on that day? On that day, he stood up and he said, finally, not only are you dead, he didn't want to celebrate prematurely on Friday. He wanted to wait till the last minute when Jesus was in the grave and the stone had been sealed completely up and he snuck up to the edge of that grave and he saw your future he saw your mistakes he saw the things that you would do and he put it all on Jesus he said there will never be anyone that can take away the sins of the people now the only one that could do it is dead and in this grave and he stepped up and he said I win but I got news for you. The tomb started to rumble just about that moment because the power that Jesus had to lay down his life, he also had the same power to take it up again. And he said, hey, you didn't kill me, devil. I chose to lay my life down. And you know what? Now I choose to take it up again. You didn't put me in checkmate. I surrendered my life only so I can take it up again. Anybody that is here today, that feels like you are finished. Anybody that is here today that you've given up on yourself and you think you're finished, it is finished, means that we are never finished. Look at someone next to you say, it is finished, means we are never finished. Cancer. You think you're in checkmate. It is finished, means we are never finished. That habitual sin that you just can't beat in your life, you think it's checkmate. It is finished means that we are never finished. That addiction that you have, that guilt that keeps chasing you around for years and years and years, and you've put, tried to put so much distance in between yourself and whatever it was that happens, it is finished means that we are never finished. I'll never be good enough. That seems like a checkmate in your life. It is finished means that we are never finished. The king laid down his life. He surrendered his life for you and for me. This is not a cosmic chess match. It's a cosmic obliteration. Hope over fear, love over hate, life over death and Jesus above it all. This is the surrender. The surrender is him laying down everything willingly for you so you could live in hope, so you could live in peace, so you could live in freedom today. So I just encourage every person in this room, don't, don't make the devil OP. Don't make him overpowered uh, like a video game character that everyone complains about has too much strength. They call that OP. Don't, don't OP the devil in your life. Don't make him all powerful. He didn't take Jesus' life away. Jesus laid his own life down for you. Stop giving the devil the kind of credit that we're giving him. And let's put him in his right place today. And realize this is all the plan that Jesus had for you and me to lay his life down 
so he could take it back up again so you can take your life back up again and start living your life to the fullest start living your life with some authority start living your life with some conviction start living your life with some power start living your life with some confidence look at someone next to you say live with some confidence today well look at them say smile today come on stop being beat up Come on, listen to me. I said, stop being beat up. Start, start, stop walking around with your shoulders slumped down. Put your shoulders back and walk around like somebody that's been redeemed. Walk around like somebody that Jesus died for. You have the victory today. Why would anyone do what Jesus did? I have tried to tell you in this series time and time again that I feel like I'm repeating myself. And maybe I am, but good love you are loved so much by God you say well I'm gonna leave City of Life Church all they do there is talk about we loved and I'm loved good leave and go somewhere where people tell you that you ain't no good but here we're gonna talk about the love of God we're gonna talk about the fact that there's nothing we can do to outdistance ourselves from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus for God so loved the world he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but will have everlasting life. Live in that life today. Jesus said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest. Live that life today. Live that it is finished life. Put your hands up in the air right now, everyone. Come on, let's both hands up in the air. And I want you to think of that sin I want you to think of that problem in your life that has plagued you, that situation in your life that seems unbearable. And I want you to say this. I want you to say some powerful words today. Speak it over your life. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your future. Close your eyes. Look up to heaven for a second and just say this. Say, it is finished. Come on, say it again. Say, it is finished. One more time. It is finished. Now I want you to say this. It is finished means I am never finished. Come on, look at the person on your left. Say, it is finished means you are never finished. Come on, look at the person on your right. Say, it is finished means you are never finished. Come on, let's give Jesus a praise in this place today. We hope you enjoyed this teaching by Pastor Jeffrey Smith. You can be a part of what God is doing here at City of Life by clicking give at www.col.tv or by texting a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. Thanks for joining us.